matching new beetle. This, I take it, is his mom. Nice to meet you. And suddenly, no thoughts, just buildings. The prep school, the source of anxiety, the major one at least. I see brick dormitories around one end of an academic quad and in the middle of it, a statue of a man on a horse. On the other end is a very old building, a tiny windowed wooden two-story colonial and a considerably more imposing building with a clock tower. There are a few graceful stands of maple and ash trees, the tips of their branches just starting to redden and yellow. At the far end, past the quad, is a chapel made of stone as well. Its stained glass windows glow blue and violet through a web of foliage. On a patch of grass in front of the clock tower building is a wooden sign reading, Midvale Academy. He, I, we won't stop looking at the chapel. Why? Is young Gid interested in stained glass? No. I wonder if this chapel would be a good place to... The thought trips on itself. First, it is a good place to have sex. Then, holy fuck, which one? I laugh out loud, forgetting that I am with friends who look at me like I am crazy. I think about sex but never like this, never with a twinge of ashamed panic like, oh God, I'm thinking about sex again. The boy who owns this mind is very vulnerable and rather sweet. He has been on the road since dawn. He is hungry and craving root beer. He's holding in his hands a glossy black and red folder that reads Midvale Academy, New Student Information. He opens the folder, and the first sheet of paper is addressed to Gideon Rayburn, 989 Christmas Park Circle, Fairfax, Virginia. The Silverado has stopped in front of a brick Georgian-style dorm called Proctor. This person, this Gideon Rayburn, knows he's going to have to get out of the car eventually, but he's not ready. A glance inside the windows of this building, his new home, is not at all heartening. On the first floor, a kid with floppy blonde hair hangs a Bruce Lee poster above his bed, then goes to the closet and lovingly hangs up a white gi with a brown karate belt. On the second floor, a lumbering sword and a baseball hat and overalls conducts a symphony, Schubert, with a plastic spoon. Gid's reaction to them is both surprising and cute. He thinks, fuck these guys. Okay, he knows he's partly jealous, but he's also heard how everyone at Midvale is good at something, and confronted with it for the first time, he kind of wants to puke. Why, he wonders, does everyone have to be talented? He looks in the mirror, and for the first time, I can see his face. This feels extremely weird, because up to now, when I looked in a mirror, I saw me. Instead, I see a boy who does a handsome job of regular... I like the squareness of his mouth and the way his nut-brown eyes and wavy hair match. His hair isn't creepy, run-your-hand-over-it wavy. It's loose, cute, beachy-wavy. A little too long. Anyway, looking in the mirror, what Gid sees is a guy who, despite his anxieties about this place, really, really doesn't want to go home. And the reason is sitting right next to him. Jim Rayburn. Gid's mind isn't quite sure where to start on this, and neither am I, but here goes. Jim Rayburn, born 1959, Newport News, Virginia, Pisces dog. He's a contractor.
He was dumped about two years ago by Gid's mother. Capricorn pig, what a terrible match. That's my thought, not Gid's. Boys don't know anything about astrology, although Gid's dad being a perfect example, they really should. Wendy Rayburn, a carefree spirit in her lime-green mules, if there ever was one, fell in love with Gid's middle school science teacher, Mr. Soames. Gid's dad spends a lot of time tugging his mustache, smoking Carlton 100s, and looking at Gid with a forlorn expression that says, Don't make the same mistakes I've made. Jim is a weird combination of emotionally clueless and needy. He never asks Gid a single question about anything, school, girls, visits to his mother, but he's real big on things like hugs and punching Gid on the arm, lots of forced bonhomie. They say a boy needs his father, and I would never say that Jim Rayburn is a terrible person, but it's probably good that Gid's getting away, for both of us, because Gid needs to figure out who he is, and if I'm going to be spending a lot of my time inside Gideon Rayburn's head for a reason that I do not yet understand, there are a lot better things to think about than why Gid and his dad don't have a perfect relationship. For example... I understand that Gid is unclear about when and if he will be having sex in the chapel, but how exactly can he be unclear on whether or not he's a virgin? Gid looks out onto the quad and beholds the spectacle that simultaneously represents all of his deepest wishes and doubts, the exquisite vast sea of girls occupying the quad of Midvale Academy. They are beautiful. They are like sirens on rocks, except they are on the grass, fully clothed with expensive handbags. They are everywhere. They sun their smooth golden legs. They saunter in front of the car, carrying toaster ovens and computer monitors and wicker baskets full of protese sheets, patting each other's silky, shiny heads with their childlike and exuberant post-summer greetings. These girls... Uniformly slim and bursting with health, appear to have spent the day running up and down green hills. They have now returned to civilization for the sole purpose of fortifying themselves with strawberries and soy milk. He looks and looks again, seeking out bulges, bad bone structure. Forget it, Gid. You're not even going to find a bad haircut. A trio of girls separate themselves from the herd and begin walking toward the car. Gideon stares first at the one in the middle, a medium-sized girl with longer brown hair and a heart-shaped, angular face. She has a red streak in her hair, unnaturally red, like cloth, with some of it spilling down her shoulders. To her left is a tall girl in blue shorts that hang low on her hips and with blonde hair cut sharp at her chin. She's sort of basic-looking and preppy. And to her right is a small girl with giant eyes framed with eyeliner and dark blonde hair pulled back into a messy bun. Gid thinks, these girls are pretty. But he can't even really concentrate on them because this prettiness on display has such a dizzying hall of mirrors effect. And that's when the Silverado horn, a custom horn which plays Elton John's tiny dancer, blares out loud and strong. Gideon squeezes his eyes shut, and he involuntarily clutches his heart, bracing himself for a crash. But when he opens his eyes, everything is fine. Except that off to the left of the car, the three girls stare back at him, shocked and wide-eyed. 
Gideon would have preferred a crash. Dad, what are you doing? You scared the shit out of me. You scared the shit out of them. But Jim Rayburn is busy rolling down his window. Hello there, ladies, he calls out, slowing down. He whispers to Gid. Might as well meet these cuties, huh? This is not happening, Gid thinks. My father is not really this much of a loser. The girls cast nervous glances at one another and start to whisper. Ladies, hello. I'm Jim Rayburn, and this is my son, Gideon. Now the girls come forward. They all have on little half-smiles, the polite, patient smiles teenagers summon up to mask their hostility for annoying adults. The tall blonde advances with the most brazenness toward the car, her smile very open, unguarded. But the other two hang back. Jim Rayburn actually winks. I don't suppose you could tell us where Midvale Academy is. The dark-haired girl with the red streak and the ballet girl whisper to each other. The blonde girl narrows her eyes and tries to smile, but Gid can tell she's confused. He knows that dumb jokes make her feel guilty, ashamed, and paralyzed with feelings of inaction. Finally, Jim breaks into a loud, overcompensatory laugh. Okay, okay, he says. Can't pull the wool over your eyes. Okay, okay. Now, suppose I was going to relate this story about three lovely girls who made me feel a whole lot better about leaving my only son behind at this fine institution. If I was to tell that story to someone, what names might I call you by? Now his father is channeling Mark Twain. I'm Marcy Proctor, says the friendlier blonde one. Great-great-granddaughter of Charles Peck Proctor, class of 1865, the guy who built Proctor. Gid neglects to mention that's his daughter.